The year is 1991. New albums by Frankenstein's Jukebox alumna They Might Be Giants, Morrissey, Tool, and Rush are released. The Cold War ends as the Soviet Union dissolves. It is the second and last in Fraju order, or first of two palindromic years that will be covered on this show, one would assume. And it's a year of many other firsts. The first black woman to be a mayor of a major U.S. city is elected. The first attempt to cure cancer by gene therapy takes place in Bethesda, Maryland. The Adventures of Pete and Pete, Salute Your Shorts, Doug, Rugrats, and Ren and Stimpy all debut on Nickelodeon. The Dow Jones Industrial Average closes at above 3,000 for the first time. Some people are very stoked about that. Queen Elizabeth II becomes the first British monarch to address the United States Congress. The Pittsburgh Penguins win their first Stanley Cup. The Chicago Bulls win their first NBA championship. The Buffalo Bills lose the Super Bowl for the first time. It would not be the last in the 90s, in the first half of the 90s. The first Sonic the Hedgehog game is released. The Super Nintendo is first released, which is a weird way to phrase it, but I did want to mention it. The Galileo spacecraft becomes the first probe to visit an asteroid. The movie that would go on to be the first animated film to be nominated for Best Picture, Beauty and the Beast, is released. And the United States wins the first ever FIFA Women's World Cup, and that's a double first. Can these two first folks of Frankenstein-related foolishness forge a song premise out of two phenomenal songs from 1991? No matter which direction you read it, this is Frankenstein's Jukebox. Hello, and welcome to Frankenstein's Jukebox. Um, my name is James, and I'm here with my co-host, Daniel. Hello. Hi, Daniel. Hi, James. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. I, I love... Something I love about this show is that we've done... this. We're, we're coming up on the end of the third season, I believe, and I haven't gotten any better at introducing this... Sh- at, like, the post-intro, pre-let's-get-started opening thing, I have not gotten better at in three years. It's all good. We are doing 1991, and I am very, very stoked for this episode. I'm trying to manage expectations, but the expectations are not managing me very well. No. All right. <laughs> it's going to be, I think it's going to be a good episode. <laughs> me too, me too. Just a quick behind the scenes, uh, Daniel and I saw each other uh, less than uh, four days ago. It's true. So that's that's a fun thing. So we are... Uh, it feels weird to have you on the other side of a, of a, of a camera uh, at this point. So that's, that's weird. But it was good seeing you in person. It was very exciting. It was uh, a very good time. It was, it was a, yes, it was a very good time. We actually uh, told each other what our songs for 1991 were on the Metro into DC to see uh, a show by, uh, by Dessa, who was alive in 1991 for sure. Absolutely. Yes. It has been mentioned on this podcast maybe once or twice. Yes, has appeared on this podcast twice, for sure. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
So before we get into uh, these excellent songs and the excellent uh, honorable monsters that go with them, Daniel, I would love to know what you're going to say when I say, how was your 1991? Fuck if I know. (laughs) Great. So... (laughs) I was three. (laughs) You were three years old, probably just being super duper cute. Probably. That's something you started to do very, very early. I learned Uh, from my sister. I also am getting to the place where I'm not really remembering a lot about uh, years. Um, 1991, I would have been seven for half of it and eight for half of it. So that is third, end of second, beginning of third. Boy, what a huge difference uh, between second and third grade it was. Um, my second grade teacher is the first teacher that I feel didn't like me and also that I also uh, did not care for. She was old school in a way that uh, it, it was bad. Yeah. My third grade teacher I talked about a little bit last time, but uh, she was awesome, also old school, but in the way that is good. So it was sort of a, you know, tale of two teachers sort yeah. of deal. Yeah, so that is uh, the very, very brief how was your fill-in-the-blank year, which is only going to get shorter, and pretty soon, very short. Yes. Um, (laughs) If existent at all. (laughs) If existent at all. Cool. Well, with that out of the way, I think it is time to talk about the songs that we didn't pick and talk about our honorable monsters. Indeed. Indeed it is. It's not that they weren't good enough It's not that they weren't up to snuff It's just that we Didn't pick them Daniel, what songs did you decide not to pick for our 1991 episode? Well, that's a great question And uh, egg on my face, I did forget to ask either Twitter or our uh, Discord uh, About their honorable monsters for 1991 So that's on me I had someone talk about an honorable monster for 1981. Oh, yeah? Hit us with it. Uh, it is um, actually from the, the Beauty and the Beast movie. And uh, it is something there that wasn't there before, I think. Oh, that's the, a good was one. the song that was picked. Yeah. Solid. Um, from, that was from listener Chantel. Uh, fantastic. Thank you, Chantel. Very much appreciated. Uh, so, my first honorable monster is Hey Nani Nani by the Violent Fims off Why Do Birds Sing. Okay, all right. It is in the style of an old poem, or maybe it is an old poem. Now, there is a poem in Much Ado that is Hey Nani Nani. Yes, but it is a separate thing. Uh, It is different from that. Gotcha. It is an old English verse by Anthony Munday uh, called Beauty Bathing that the Violent Femmes adapted into a song called Hey Nani Nani. That is just fun as heck. I remember when uh, my, when my family would go on road trips and this song would show up in our, in our any of our road trip mixes. Uh, we would all sing it quite loud, similar to the song Cowtown by They Might Be Giants. And I love that. Yeah, it was just a lot of fun. There's a lot of Hey Nani Nani uh, sung in the song, and it's great. It's a great song. Excellent. Next up, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Violent Femmes. Uh, we've got Right Now by Van Halen off of For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
basically the same song. This is a great uh, a great song off of uh, what some people refer to as Sam Hagar, uh, not Sam Hagar, Van Hagar, uh, mm. because it was Sammy Hagar era Van Halen, which I think is great Van Halen, and I will stand by that. Yeah, I recall that. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure why we would have talked about Van Halen before now, but we definitely did, and I'm not sure when that would have happened. I'm not sure if we did it on the podcast or not. Oh, maybe we didn't do it on the podcast. There yeah. we go. That's <laughs> you and I, you and I have had discussions about music before, not on this podcast, that led us to start this podcast. It, it that feels fake. That feels like made up information. Fair. It could be. I don't know. <laughs> but that's just when. So I went to go see Van Halen. I think it was my sophomore to junior year, the summer between my sophomore and junior years of high school, and my dad made me two different mix CDs of Van Halen songs. This one isn't the one that was on both of them. There was one that he accidentally put on both of them. That was Dreams, uh, which is a fine song. But right now, just really slaps in a way mm-hmm. that uh, I think is, is really great and sticks with you. Absolutely. Next up, a song that I have loved since I was but a wee child. Okay. Something to Talk About by Bonnie Raitt off Luck of the Draw. Yeah, you did. Uh, yeah, you did. Yeah. I love that song. I love this song. I didn't understand what it was about when I was a kid. Sure. But I just really loved it. I thought it was a really it was a really just fun song to sing and had a good feel to it that I absolutely loved. 100% agree. Absolutely. Great. Next up, Jimmy Olsen's Blues by Spin Doctors off Pocket Full of Kryptonite. Okay. It's just a great song about coming in second to Superman, being in love with Lois Lane, but not being able to do anything about it because she's in love with Superman. Right, right. To yeah. whom you cannot hold a candle. Because of Earth's yellow sun making him so powerful. That's it. That's exactly He's it. He's like, I melt all candles. Yes. Just really fun. And like all spin doctors, great bass line. Mm-hmm. And then... Nightgown of the Sullen Moon by They Might Be Giants off Miscellaneous Tea. So, tell me about Miscellaneous Tea, because I at first didn't have that on my list of releases from Frankenstein's Jukebox alumna, and then the Wikipedia article felt uh, like maybe I should ask you instead. <laughs> it's, honestly, it's a compilation of B-sides and remixes. Okay. And so Nightgown of the Sullen Moon is a B-side, I honestly can't remember when it like was originally quote unquote released, right? Uh, but it wouldn't really like gain traction uh, as as a B side um, or as a song at all in, until ninety one. So right, that's why I chose to include it on here. Love it, love it. We're reaching a point in our show where I have no idea, like even. Th- like what might be a, th- a thing that you say, like, like <laughs> even like song titles. I'm like, yep, that, yep. That sounds, that sounds good to me. And I, I love it so much. Cause it's, it just, I'm sure I've said it before. Just mute. There's so much music, there's so much out there and just so much out there. I love it very much. Yep. So those are my honorable monsters. 
Those are excellent honorable monsters. And a little preview, I think, of the divergent paths that we're going to be on as we head into the 80s. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> Our 80s differences are going to be quite strong, and I'm very much looking forward to it. Actually, a little bit, this whole episode is kind of a little bit indicative of that, I think. I think it's, so. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Well, let's hear yeah. some of your honorable monsters. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, going to start off with uh, the first song on R.E.M.'s uh, Out of Time album, which is called Radio Song. Again, as I always have to say, uh, these are honorable monsters that I was considering, like, in previous seasons, I have been like, let's see, what, what else was released? But starting with the 90s, these are songs that I was actually, that were on the list. So I uh, have changed the, that format, which is why Radio Song is on there and not many other songs from out of time which are mm-hmm. much more REM-y, but don't have a rap breakdown in the middle of it um and i think that rem is so cool and uh i think they're even cooler than people necessarily talk about um for things like this i would agree it's gorgeous michael stipe's voice great just great great start to the album my second track is the second track on the uh, first Smashing Pumpkins album, Gish. It's called Siva. The first th- three songs on Gish are unimpeachable. Uh, they sound different from each other, but they all sound fantastic. The rest of the album is great. But those three are what, if I was like an A&R guy in the early 90s, which is something I always imagine myself as, um, I would be like, yes, the, this is what we're going to see in the next album, which, you know, uh, this, and so Siva sort of in the middle, uh, between a very sort of, uh, rocky, uh, opening track and sort of a very mellow, uh, third track. And it's, uh, it's just really, really good. Nice. Next up, uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers into the great wide open. Just a fun story song. I just, oh, Tom, yeah. you know, it, it's just like, I, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's always, uh, fascinated me. I love, uh, the rhymes that he puts in there, I love the instrumentation. It's just a really, really great song. I have A Tribe Called Quest with the last uh, track on their album, The Low End Theory, which is called Scenario. Um, it's It has great sort of... Uh, I guess they probably don't call them gang vocals in hip-hop, but gang vocals. But uh, it also has a verse by Busta Rhymes, um, which is very cool because he is very... You can hear that he's very, very young. And uh, it's just a good song, great way to close off the album. And finally, as uh, everyone was probably expecting, uh, my last track is by Paula Abdul, and it is a song called Rush Rush. Uh, It's a ballad, it's, uh, if I may, a bop, and uh, I I would contend the best violin solo in any song released by Paula Abdul in 1991. Okay. (laughs) All right, it's, a bold claim, but listeners try and prove him wrong. I mean, if you can prove me wrong, like please do, because like what a what a challenge. No, but this this violin solo is like a it's like a guitar solo. It's like it's I think that it's co- pretty calm. This is why people say that Paul Abdul was sort of like the yellow card of the early nineties. Um, definitely, everybody says that. Yeah, for sure. I yeah. <laughs> so. The- <laughs> So those are my honorable monsters. Love it. Just, ugh. 
music got so weird and I love it very much. Yes. Not the music wasn't always weird, but like I guess it was weird in a way that was sort of like young ears hearing weird music and not uh older ears hearing weird music. So with that said, Daniel, what did you pick for 1991? I went with a song that I wouldn't hear until the mm, mid 2010s. Okay. That a friend of mine, uh, someone who was on an improv team with me, put on a playlist for a road trip up to Richmond for a comedy mm. festival we were going to be in. And it played, I'm like, oh, oh, this is real good. I was familiar with the group, A Tribe yeah. Called Quest. <gasps> like, I had heard of them, but I hadn't heard any of their stuff. Yeah. But I heard Check the Rhyme and was just absolutely blown away. Lo- absolutely loved it. So... That is my pick, is Check the Rhyme by Tribe Called Quest off of Low End Theory. It's so good. What about you? What did you pick? So, okay. Picture me in the uh, late 90s, perhaps very, very early 2000s. I hear on the radio a song that sounds like either Soundgarden featuring Eddie Vedder or Pearl Jam featuring Chris Cornell. I assume it's one of those two. I think I decided to go with Pearl Jam featuring Chris Cornell. It sounds, it sounded to me more like a Pearl Jam song, and we'll get to why in a second. But uh, I was like, oh, I love this song, and then my friend Katie said, oh yeah, I love that song too. It's actually by a band called Temple of the Dog, and I said, that can't be correct. That's clearly Chris Cornell and clearly Eddie Vedder. And it was at a, when I was at an age where I thought that those two things couldn't be the same thing. But listener, guess what? They were. Temple of the Dog is a band that is sort of proto-Pearl Jam in that uh, Jeff Ament and I think, I think Stone Gossard and definitely the drummer whose name is escaping me who has played with absolutely everyone. I can't think of what his name is. Were in Temple of the Dog. Um, so it was... It's sort of like, um, kind of like the Yardbirds a little bit for the for the '60s, where it was like, this is a band that people enjoyed, and then those people in that band went on to be in bands that everyone who likes the music has heard of. Like it, it's like a prototype for what was going to come. Um, and the song I picked, I am told by SiriusXM. 90s alternative stations that there was another song that they released as a single but i never heard it on the radio and uh so the only song i ever heard by tumble the dog uh that i fell in love with and love to this day is called hunger strike and i just it's such a unique sound uh and i just i just uh it really puts me in a a certain place and uh i really love it a lot i love it solid solid pick I think we have uh, two of the maybe most exciting uh, songs that we've ever uh, turned into a song for Um both like individually, but also like I am so stoked. Like I've been stoked for uh, half a week. Yeah. Daniel, what did you pull from Check the Rhyme that you're going to bring to our song for today? Uh, all right. Yeah. So I pulled three different aspects, as is, you know, what we do on this show. <laughs> we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got it. And so my first one is pretty simple, pretty straightforward a funky bass hook. Yes. 
this one is simplistic, but still I think falls under funk. Uh, it's got a it's got a pop and a groove to it, and is just straightforward and great. Great forward. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Next up, two distinct people talking to each other by name. Okay. That's so close, we're going to count it. I forgot that I was excited that we might... Yeah, okay, good. Yes, good, good. Excellent. <laughs> Two, say it again. Two distinct people talking to each other by name. You're on point, Tip. All the time, Fife. It's just something in, that they do in the song so well. There's a lot of back and forth throughout the whole song. With yeah. the, the two voices, and they play off each other very well, and yeah. I would love to to bring that into our song premise. And last up is mirroring lyrically in uh, either two verses or two choruses. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. So we have like an instance, uh, and now of course the lyrics are escaping me. I mean, to 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 the point, we've got. Yawn point fife all the time tip and yawn point tip all the time fife that are right. repeated. We've got it was I the abstract and me the five footer, and later on it was I the fifer and me the abstract. Right, kind of like these these points where the similar thing comes up, but it's switched from what it was. Right, uh, right, and I love that. So yes, that's my third aspect. I I I love that. I love that very very much because it's not like it's a template. It's like a, it's a callback. Yeah. It's basically a callback. And I love that. Yeah. That's fantastic. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. Yes. Excellent. 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 This is going to be so fun. And a, a bonus aspect of if we can call out both places where you and I live. Because they call out NC uh, to check the rhyme and Virginia to check the rhyme. Do they really? At the very end of the song. NC check the rhyme. SC check the rhyme. Virginia check that, the rhyme. That's amazing. And then, of course, they make the logical next jump to London. Yeah, you know. NCSC Virginia, London. Yeah. London, Ontario. Yeah. Call out our towns as a bonus. But it's just a bonus. We don't have to do that if we don't want to. It's a bonus, yeah. I have it in a separate, whole whole separate section. Good, good, good. Yeah. What about you? What are your aspects? Well, my first aspect, uh, two voices of contrasting timbres. Love that. Uh, you don't get much more contrasting uh, than Eddie Vedder and Chris Cornell. In the, the specificity of, the, of that scene, I think they're as contrasting as they get. Fair. We're on qualification uh, patrol on this, uh, on this episode. A little bit. Okay. Anyways, uh, next up, I put socially conscious messaging. This isn't a song that's about a thing specifically. It's sort of about the concept of inequity or inequality, like haves and have-nots sort of deal. I don't mind stealing bread from the mouth of decadence, but I can't feed on the powerless when my cup's already overfilled. It's, you know, it's, yeah. It's, 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 so it's not a specifically socially conscious, like, uh, message song, but it has sort of an ethos to it, I think, is sort of what I'm saying here. Yeah. I think that tracks. Yeah. And then I'm really excited about this third thing. Uh, the lyrics of Hunger Strike, I think you could probably put them, I think there are probably uh, four or five repeated lines over and over again. Sung by different people, 
you know, interpolate it a little bit, but like, in all, all in all, it sort of has, and it sort of gets the feeling of almost like a round, or like what I put, which was like a chant-like quality. There's sort of like a mantra aspect to it. It's not, it's not like, you know, one phrase over and over again, but it sort of has that like, that, you know, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, uh, quality to it. Okay. So... For our song from Ice, for lyrics and other, uh, I think we have mirroring, mirroring lyrically, uh, it's sort of a structure thing, but it's of the lyrics, uh, socially conscious messaging, and a chant-like quality to the lyrics, so it's going to be like, hey James, uh, not the longest thing you've ever written, um, please, just like keep it short. Succinct. Keep it Succinct, yeah. For... Um, music, I have funky bass line. Yep. Great. Uh, and then for other, I have two voices with two different qualities. Uh, they are people talking to each other by name, and they have contrasting timbres to some degree. And then as a bonus, if we can, if it works with what we've made, uh, calling out the places where uh, you and I are from. Yes fantastic love it this is pretty much exact when, when you told me on the train check the rhyme and then i listened to i had like a little spark and then when i listened to to the songs back to back i had a much more of a spark and this is pretty much what that spark looked like amazing it's, we've done pretty much what i hoped would happen and i'm excited about that great i love that but now we have to actually do this. <laughs> yeah, now we've got to do this. <laughs> so, we have a funky bass for our music. Yep. For funky bass, I could see sort of like a, um, along with the uh, sort of chant-like and um, social conscious messaging, as well as we could get two people talking to each other by name. I was going to say like an early Pink Floyd sort of psychedelic trippy sort of deal. Okay. But I think talking to each other by name might might take us away from that a little bit. Because that was sort of like, get out of your head. Who has an identity? What's my name even at all? Um, so that takes us to what? Well, I mean, all we have musically is just a funky bass line. Uh, just a funky bass hook. And that's versatile. Yes. You've got an idea. So, <laughs> listen, we like to be ambitious on this show. We like to challenge ourselves. We do like to be ambitious. Remember on Johnny Cash and Folsom Prison? Have you ever listened to that album? Yeah. You know how he brought uh, June Carter Cash, or June Carter at the time, out, and they sang a couple of duets that were sort of in that, like, early country where it was kind of the same as folk and rockabilly and rock and roll, but, like, not exactly when it could be defined as country western yes more yes, so than exactly. country right right i could see a situation where we get into kind of a place especially with the lyrical mirroring where like the structure is the same because it's sort of that kind of folksy sort of um oral tradition we have to have the lyrics in parallel because um that's how we remember how it goes sort of sort of feel to it. Okay. 
which is no sh- i mean i'm not saying no shade to any you know to that's no, just how no the memory the game. works like yeah yeah exactly so something that has the idea of kind of a put it between like woody guthrie and johnny cash sort of era of sort of uh and that's a long that's a long span but that kind of story song or something like that is is something that we could do okay. and the, the bass lines on on falls in prison are uh, actually deceptively funky i would say they're a little bit more bluesy than funky but i think we could still make it work okay i see i can see that i can see that yeah yeah that's a good point yeah because funky has sort of more of a bounce to it than just a, like a groove to it yeah but but i think we can still make a funky baseline work in a country western style story song. Okay. As long as you make it kind of hooky and have it be a little bit more of the focus, which is okay. Sure. If we go this way, it would be like story song is like overselling what the structure of this song would be. It would yeah. be like I went down to this town and this is what happened. That's a way that's an in for mentioning both towns, but what I'm saying is like it would need to be just sort of like bare bones story wise and more like kind of more like a blues where it's like it's actually more of a more of a setup punchline than a story kind of structure to it just in terms of like details. Okay. I think. I think that's fair. So that's an option. I like it. Another option is we could just do straight up hip hop. We could I mean, do straight up hip hop. I, I, I'd worry that it would be coming off as basically just trying to recreate Check the Rhyme. <laughs> right. Because I don't think there's really anything that you put in your. Yeah, nothing that you. No, no, none of your aspects that really come off that I would say are particularly different from Check the Rhyme. Yeah, no. We could have it be a different era of hip-hop we could we could have it be kind of more in the uh bedroom recording sort of lo-fi odd future-ish doom tree-ish sort of like um we made this at home sort of uh sort of deal as opposed to that we are uh continuing to innovate the genre sort of tribe called quest Mm -hmm. uh uh, sound it would be more like and that would be again sort of like the baseline the bass hook would be like the focus because it would almost be like the only thing that we'd need to have really yeah so that's another option which do you feel is more uh challenge for you which do you feel would would push you more i think i think the the first one okay the story the country-ish story-ish kind of song well let's shoot for that then let's do that one okay all right let's shoot for that then it's like almost like a journey or like a road song yeah almost like a like a talking blues like the um like bob dylan and and woody guthrie and i'm sure scores of other people did like talking blues where it like the baseline wasn't funky or groovy or sometimes even extant but that kind of like i'm just here telling a story or i'm just here telling like a Again, like a sort of almost like a, an anecdote um, with, a, with a punchline to it, maybe. 
Yeah. Okay. And that's not necessarily something I'm going to uh, try and mimic, but it is something sort of like, I think, stylistically that I want to kind of keep in mind. Just so I don't write, like, again, like a story song, so to speak. Like, it doesn't need... it. I need to make sure it's not a story. It's just sort of like, here's, a, here's something that happened to me. Oh, yeah, well, here's something that happened to me sort of kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. So the socially conscious messaging doesn't need to be like, I saw this happen, whatever, but like almost like exposing hypocrisy or like um, just sort of talking about, I saw this happen and, and, you know, wouldn't you believe that such and such happened? Like just sort of like, this is a silly thing. This is a, a, an example of, of double standard or hypocrisy or something. Yeah. Just sort of been like, like a sketch almost of like, saw this and then then of course the you know the rich got richer or whatever yeah i think that's fair it doesn't need to be like on the level of like a control right type of of song (laughs) right so yeah that i mean that's going to be definitely a challenge especially to keep that succinct but yeah um you know we like a challenge we do concision is uh is something that i could talk for a long time about um but i won't yeah Uh. How are you feeling about instrumentation or or music for for this? I'm feeling pretty good about it. I mean, I think we could keep it pretty simple and just have a bass and guitar. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, you know, simple drums, if drums are even needed. Right. Yeah. And I think I can throw that together pretty easy. Cool. Yeah, I mean, like, that sounds great. That will help with my concision as well. Good. (sighs) All right. Uh, well, I think then I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good. Well, Daniel, uh, let us get out of here. Um, but before we do, would you please uh, let people know where they can find you uh, on the internet or anywhere else? Absolutely. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Dantendo64. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Blue Sky, Threads what have you um i don't use most of those a lot i've heard of what have you uh, so uh i do use them sometimes but i don't use them a lot uh but feel free to give me a follow and interact with me there um and i would love to talk to you yeah that's that's a great way to get them to uh use the social media more is for you to be there yes using the social media with them so uh if you want to talk to me about uh this or any other show that i'm on uh as a host or a guest you can find all that information at unabashed james at unabashed james um you can find our show frankenstein's jukebox the one you've just listened to um at frank's jukebox uh this is all on twitter i'm uh nowhere I'm literally just on the one place, and I sometimes forget to even. I'm a ghost. I'm on Ghost. I'm on uh, Haunt Site. I'm on what was that noise.com. All these things. Um, uh, ghost social media. Ghost media. Spectral media. That's pretty good. Um, spookshell media. Spookshell media. Yeah. And now this spookshell presentation. Um, you can find our network, uh, the Scavengers Network, at scavengersnet. 
Uh, and please, yeah, come talk to us. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what we missed on, from 1991. Hit me with those uh, Paul Abdul deep tracks with those uh, killer violin solos. That's right. And uh, then that's going to do it for us uh, for this year. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, I'm James Anderson. I'm Daniel Spencer. See you last year. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.